Hey y'all, you know I love to have guests and interviewees on our podcast and we're going to continue to do more and more. I do have to give my disclaimer that the views that are expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on a show does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions belong to our interviewees, um, but I do want you to sit back and enjoy because I love to share different perspectives, ideas, and thoughts, you know, not just to limit the topics to myself. So enjoy and thanks for joining again. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. This is Dr. G and welcome to Black Goddess Healing and Manifestation. And today I have yes another episode. I know. Um, (laughs) You know, I go through these spells of, you know, posting uh, episodes a little late. And now here we are with, I don't know, what are we, like three in a row perhaps? But, you know, our other episodes were somewhat mini episodes except for our reading. Um, But I just wanted to do an extended version for you all that will feed your soul. We are coming up on a season that some people celebrate in the Americas, a holiday of family and food festivities. We don't need to say the name, um, as we'll talk about uh, further with our guest. Uh, But this is a time to feed our souls, our ancestors, the collective. Yeah, as you're thinking about making yourself a hearty plea, think about feeding your ancestors, okay? And I just went off on a tangent, but that is just a message that came through um, as I listened to our interview that I'll share uh, more about in just a bit. Um, But we really need to make sure that we are feeding, 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 you know, the collective and Mother Earth and just giving back to spirit. And and that should be our focus right now. That should be our focus. So I am here (laughs) to help with that. And luckily for us, I had a guest to help with that. And that guest really um, just was a a joy. And her name is LaVon Proverbs Briggs. Pastor Bay is what she's known as, and she really just brings light and joy and is very candid, laid back, and I'm hoping that you will enjoy the conversation that she and I had. Um, Just sit back and listen as if you were part of the conversation with two friends and, you know, chatting it up. And uh, in addition to just enjoying the discussion, listen to the wisdom that Miss LaVon just pours out. I shouldn't call her Miss Miss LaVon. I mean, I'm not trying to say that she is my elder. (laughs) I'm just saying that she deserves the respect because this woman has done the work, okay? So let me read a little bit about her to you all. She is a body and sex positive womanist spiritualist. She is a writer, pastor, preacher, spiritual life coach, and highly sought after transformational speaker, excuse me, transformational speaker and and seminar leader. 
she's also done TED Talks. She's a TED Talk um, TEDx speaker, and she's been featured in Guess What, Essence, Cosmopolitan, and the Washington Post magazines. And uh, Sojourners named her one of 11 women shaping the church in March of 2019. She's an Emmy award-winning media producer and founder of Beautiful Scars, a healing-centered storytelling agency focused on fostering pleasure and resiliency. She's also the curator of The Proverbial Experience, a series of twice-weekly spiritual gatherings via Instagram Live. A former pastor and certified spin instructor, she offers uh, consulting for sacred and secular institutions. LaVon Proverbs-Briggs was also has done just so much <laughs> such as, and I'm going to give it all to you. I am because you know what? You need to hear this. Um, this is just, you know, inspiration. She's partnered with Lyft, um, the Auburn Seminary, the Atlanta University Center, San Francisco Department of Health, Young Women Social Entrepreneurs, and the list just goes on. And I have to add that um, she's done work in Africa. She's on the board of Art and Abolition. This organization exists to heal, empower, and protect young women. Um, one more, young women, excuse me. I'm just getting excited. And Kenya, who have survived male sexual violence, and we talk a little bit about in our interview her visits to the continent, to the motherland, and she'll you know expand upon that for you all. And she's also a graduate of the Lawrenceville School, Seton Hall University, one of my alma maters, Yale Divinity School, Columbia uh, Theological Seminary, and a proud member, my soror, (laughs) of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, and the inaugural cohort of Do Good X Startup Accelerator. She's a New York native, but she is now based out of New Orleans. And she can be found on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. I'll put all her information in the show notes so you can know where to catch up with this beautiful soul. And with that, I am going to sit back and enjoy this episode with you all. Listen to the interview and see you on the next round. So stay tuned. The interview is up next. Hey, y'all. So I wanted to share a project that I've been working on. So before we get into our topic of the day, I have to tell you about my new webpage. And I encourage you to go there, blackspirituality.org. That's B-L-A-C-K-S-P-I-R-I-T-U-A-L-I-T-Y.org. At blackspirituality.org, you can interface with me a little bit more. Um, I no longer will have my Patreon page, but if you want to chat or post things in the forum, you are free to join. And guess what? For free. That's right. I wanted to be able to find a way to connect with you all without having to require Um, you know, that monetary exchange, just for simply forming a community. Now, there is a way to connect that does require that exchange. And 
I am offering my services, which you will find on the main page on blackspirituality.org, where you can select from a spiritual journey session as well as life uh, coaching and parent coaching. Um, these are consultative sessions that we do virtually um, through obviously, you know, a platform where I could see you and you could see me. So if you are enjoying what I offer and you have some things that you want to work on and discuss with me, go on over to blackspirituality.org and set up a time. And I would love to assist you on your journey. Thanks. So Levon. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, You're so worthy. Yeah, just answering my request. I am grateful. Mm-hmm. And your energy is great. I mean, Thank you. It it, is. it's wonderful. So <laughs> I, I, I fumbled the ball in the beginning. <laughs> no, listen, everything in divine timing. Here's the That's, thing. I know in health and wellness spaces, people like to be privileged with their time, right? Mm-hmm. People like to take their time and meander and saunter. I am the daughter of Caribbean immigrants from New York City. Okay. okay. So you send me an email, you might not get a response within 24 hours, but I'm going to do what I need to do when I do get back to you to make sure everything's on the pop. <laughs> so we are absolutely positively all in divine alignment. This is yes. the perfect time for us to be having this conversation. And so I'm really excited to be here. Yes. And you, you mentioned this being a special time for you. I'll share. This is a week out almost. I guess my birthday was on the 10th. So. Oh! I am related. Thank you. We are in Scorpio season. There are hella Scorpios. I was just tweeting about this today. I was like, all y'all parents was having sex on Valentine's Day because it's hella Scorpios in these. A lot of it is. A lot of the people I followed, I'm like, wait a minute, you're a Scorpio too? Like right. And my maternal grandmother was a Scorpio. Yesterday was her heavenly birthday. Shout out to Nana. I am Nana's granddaughter you hear me okay i don't know if you saw my most recent instagram post well not the igtv one but i posted a picture of her and then um it's a carousel and then i posted a picture of myself so levon called an ancestor's name on our end we couldn't hear it but on her end um after she did that <laughs> everything went black at least all, you know between our uh, connection here and that just goes to show you how powerful these ancestors are um they are present okay they are present so in any case let's continue the conversation that is um, crazy. <laughs> my mom was born on the island of barbados my dad was born in guyana in south america and I recently did um, an African ancestry DNA test, which this is not an ad, y'all. I'm just saying I, I love them because it's black owned and they um, destroy your DNA after they process your results and they can pinpoint you to a tribe in a country. It's not just like yeah. some of these generic websites where it's like, you're 85% sub-Saharan African, like, gee, thanks, right. <laughs> you know? So we found out on our mom's side, Okay. that we are from Sierra Leone, the Timney people in Northern Sierra Leone. And on my dad's side, we are Angolan. Oh, wow. I know. I know. It's so cool to know. Wow. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So full disclosure, way okay. back when, 
So my mother's now transitioned and it's been uh, a few years, little, well, I guess mm. we're approaching five years. Before that, I decided to do my ancestry because, mm. well, no, you know, you know. Yeah, you, you get curious. You want to know. Exactly. And I've been wanting to know since um, childhood. Ancestry came, I did my DNA. Long story short, because we will be here all night long. <laughs> that's when I discovered um, different family members. It wasn't until my mother passed and came to me in a dream that I mm. found out that my father was not my biological father. Wow. And yeah. And so my family, of course, African, but Native American. My mm. grandmother was Native American from North Carolina. So mm-hmm. yeah. But so it was, it was meant to be, but I right. do want to do the one that you did. I want to know the tribes. I want to know more details. Yeah. Use it. I love it. Again, not an ad. They're not paying me for this, but there's also a promo code. It's spread the word. Okay. Spread the word. All one word and you get 10% off. So. And what was, make sure we have our listeners know what website you're referring to. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I did mine. It was my Kwanzaa gift to myself last year. So coming up on a year. Okay, great, great, great. So we'll have to, um, I'll have to get the links, put that in the show notes for our listeners. Okay. Wonderful. Okay, so we, we got a little connection here with the grandmom. I mean, she has been hopping in. <laughs> I'm going to have to open the window. I had to look before. I was like, I don't know what this energy is. Look, I'm full disclosure. Uh, I went and got a little bit of, I don't know if grandma like. <laughs> what you got? What you got? If this is a little Zinfandel. Ooh. So I've been getting my ancestors rum, Mount Gay rum, which is a, a, a rum from Barbados. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've been getting my ancestors rum, Mount Gay rum, which is a rum from Barbados. Mm-hmm. And recently I was giving them coffee every single day because coffee's great. Yeah. But they were like, we want Ovaltine. Like, how Caribbean is that? <laughs> Ovaltine, do they still sell Ovaltine? Girl, so what happened was, I was on Twitter one day, like, my ancestors want Ovaltine. I can't find the original formula. Like, stuff is, like, not sold the way that it used to be. So she was like, oh, go to this website. It's um, jamaicancarepackages.com, something like that. There's a Jamaican man named Rory. <laughs> and, and Rory, I got cheese balls. I got the water Excelsior crackers. I got two cases of oval tea <laughs> that altar been turned honey wow well well maybe that's what's going on here hopping through the zoom <laughs> listen and that's the thing people don't realize how deeply ingrained spirit is in mm. our everyday lives mm-hmm. there are things that happen that we just cannot explain yeah and you gotta be like what y'all trying to tell me okay because this literally doesn't make it easy. And, and yes, your grandma, I mean, she's pushing through almost to say, listen, say my name. Okay. So this child knows you can folk. <laughs> that part. And that's the thing. That's the beauty of being in this flow. You know, my maternal grandmother and I have been deepening our relationship. Oh, I'm mm. getting chills and getting teary-eyed. Um, mm. She transitioned from breast cancer when... My mom was 17, so I never got a chance to meet her. Uh, but everyone keeps saying that I'm the spitting image of her. Mm-hmm. And when I turned 36, I literally felt like this mantle placed on me. Mm-hmm. Like you have the wherewithal, the drive, the brilliance, the bravery, and the courage to actually do the work to heal this lineage. Yes. And I just knew without a shadow of a doubt that she was with me. So. 
you know, I printed out a picture of her. I stole from my aunt's Facebook page and <laughs> bought a cute little gold frame. And it's been me and her rocking. And I know I have other ancestors who were like, we want to be on the altar too. I'm like, <laughs> Your time is coming. I, I'm I'm getting the okie doke that is that is okay, but this has right. been about us, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and so it's been uh, a beautiful, beautiful journey. I'm so grateful. So that beautiful. is beautiful, and it's beautiful how they come through and how they connect. And you know, life is not what we think, and death isn't either. And right. that's part of what I try to teach people and my clients that that meet with me and they're always amazed when someone comes through and they're like how Mm. you know and no how did you know that she went to school for that or it's not me right (laughs) yeah I too I am a psychic and a medium and so when I'm doing spiritual life coaching and spirit shows with a message I'm like uh your ancestors saying this they're like oh my god how did you know that like I don't I'm a channel and that's the beauty, I think, of my spiritual journey is that even though I was raised in the Episcopal Church and it was very mm-hmm. colonized, Anglican, you know, sit-stand kneel, yes. <laughs> lots of frankincense and candles and myrrh and whatnot, um, that being introduced to African traditional religions and studying African cosmology and resonating at a on a cellular level, <laughs> yeah, this ancestral wisdom has been so healing, mm. so, so healing for me. Yes, yes, uh, and I can kind of you know relate to the grandma thing. When I found out about my biological family, I found out that you know I told you my mother had passed. Well, the father had already passed. I've never met him, mm. including and but I've connected even my with my grandmother, and. Mm other ancestors I don't know you know and and when you are connected to ancestors the names sometimes come through so I haven't mm-hmm. researched this but you know you know just from that that spiritual alignment that you receive so it's right. beautiful it really is and this is our birthright you know yeah. this is not something that we get a degree in or that we go to school for that we take a seminar for like sure there are curated spaces by spiritualists that uh, what am I trying to say? <clears throat> like, sure, we have spiritually curated spaces where we can talk about the practices, right? right? And talk about what it looks like in everyday life to practice ATRs or mm-hmm. your different spiritual modalities. But ultimately, everything that you need is already on the inside of you. And so yes. you go inward, right? Into yourself, into yes. your language. And that's where you find the divine. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> preaching yeah <laughs> now i'm a preacher okay i will <laughs> preach honey at any time <laughs> yes and you know and that's the other thing too is that we get caught up, and I'll, I'll admit even i because of past history but we get caught up on labels right mm-hmm. are you a christian do you practice mm-hmm. are you you know and ultimately right. in any space you yep. can connect to that yep it, if you aren't oh, did i cut you off boo no, go ahead. I was saying that if you are an African descended person, ancestral veneration is your birthright, period. I don't care if you are, well, I do care if you're an evangelical because you should not be. But, <laughs> you know, I'm saying regardless of your title, regardless of your religious affiliation, mm-hmm. ancestor veneration is, does not belong to any one particular sect. It belongs mm. to the diaspora. It belongs to the tribe. And so 
I see why European colonizers and slave owners did everything that they could to right? remove us from our spiritual practices. <laughs> they knew that shit worked. Why you right. <laughs> right. Ex- exactly. <laughs> when you start seeing that things move, right? And and things move out of the way and you're starting to yes. Baby, it is listen, powerful. It is so I don't even have the English language for this. It is otherworldly to know that I am divinely protected and guided. That the love that I had been seeking from my family, many of them traumatized themselves. Mm -hmm. The love that I've been seeking from men who were grossly immature and emotionally unavailable and traumatized themselves. Yes. The love that I thought or the affirmation I thought I would receive from having two master's degrees and working in tech (laughs) or whatever, right? Whatever I was pursuing in that moment, there is no affirmation greater than the affirmation of your ancestors. Yes. Because it's baseline, right? Many of us are raised in a merit-based worthiness system where we're taught to believe that we are not worthy of love if we are not hyper-achieving. And especially as Black women who are socially Mm -hmm. conditioned to take care of everybody else first. Everybody. Everybody. How you spell that? U-R-E-E-B-A-W-D-Y, right? (laughs) There's a reason why Black women are the most degreed. There's a reason why Black women are the fastest growing number of entrepreneurs. And yes, yes we can talk about Black girl magic and Black woman power, but we also got to talk about the very toxic nature mm-hmm. of hyperachievement and how we think that getting these, acquiring things, attaining things is going to give us a semblance of wholeness and restoration and love. Mm. Our requires healing, right? Not your advanced degrees. <laughs> exactly. Now it, it may healing may come through your studies, mm-hmm. but you don't need it to do the healing. That's right. So it's just a it's completely countercultural. It's anti West. It's pro African and I, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> that's right. And you're speaking to someone we share we don't have to get into my business like that, but we know I, I have some do what you want to do, boo. <laughs> I got some, but I had a conversation with a family member and her daughter was having challenges in a private school. Mm-hmm. She was, she was the minority in that school. Oh, I don't like Lord. calling us minorities, but in that school, you know, one of however many kids right. Right, in terms of demographics and struggling. This child is amazing with music, yep. with running. I said, listen, and she didn't expect it from me. I'm like, don't listen. Look, don't look at my degrees, right? right? That was my thing. It fed me for whatever. It's a reason for that. But her mm-hmm. gift, her gifts are necessary and they're beautiful. Absolutely. And they're wonderful. And you mm-hmm. have to put your energy into that. Don't let them put her down and say she has this disorder or she can't do. Mm. No, no. And she took her out and now she's focusing on that. She's doing great. <laughs> because when you look at the way I was, I was just thinking about this like either today or yesterday how I made it through public elementary school. Mm. Like when you think about the, like, what is the word I'm trying to say? When you think about harsh fluorescent lighting, when you think about 
these subway tiles and these dimly lit hallways and these mm -hmm. loud sounds. It's just so stayed. <laughs> you are I heard, um, yeah. what is his name? Jaden Smith? Yes. Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith's son. He was saying that elementary school, public schools are training people to get accustomed to being imprisoned. That it's the same kind of lighting. It's the same kind of obey this authority figure. I was like, that's a special child right there. I know he's a man now, right? But wow, he, I've never thought of that, uh, sir. And it's funny because I feel like you're reading me because that's my area of research. <laughs> oh, really? Part of it. I yeah. didn't know that. <laughs> Lamont, I didn't ask for a read tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Do ancestors care if you ask for a read or not? Nope. <laughs> Especially not on a birthday. They like, it's whose birthday? Right. I thought so. Yours was on the 10th. Mine was yesterday. Right. Who's getting it? Who's getting it in? I am oh, not goodness. messing with my mom Osborne. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she here. She's oh definitely my gosh. here. Yeah. Yeah, but I never thought about that. That, wow, that's very. Isn't that a wild connection? And yep. when I was serving as a, an assistant pastor in the Bay Area, my boss and the senior pastor of the church, he was deeply concerned by the statistics around black boys, third and fourth grade education. So essentially, <laughs> the prison industrial complex is looking at third grade boys math scores yes. and using those scores to determine how many beds they're going to need in mm. prisons, you know, your eight, 10 years down the line. And I'm just even saying it now is making me nauseous. That's yeah. how I know when something is demonic. When I yeah. say something, watch something, hear something, and I get nauseous in my stomach, I'm like, mm. Yes. Mm. Nauseous and I get a metallic taste in my mouth. That's mm. yeah. That's see. And it's a for-profit business as well. People don't Hello. know. Hello. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, down to the tracking bracelets, down to the trays that the meals are served on. I'm like, there are conferences and conventions for people mm. who supply prisons with products. Yeah. Mm. Listeners, you can't see me, but my mouth is agape. <laughs> because when, when you say it out loud, the absurdity of it all. Yeah. When you are a just, sensible human being. Right. But alas, we're on this land, which if you look at how it was founded, <laughs> can anything good come from the United States of America? We are on hallow. I mean, I, I can't even. Yeah. It's blood on this land. Let's Hello? Just, yeah. And so a part of me is wondering, um, we mentioned offline that we both love Juju Bay. Um, who is a hoodoo practitioner and a Risha devotee and bad bitch witch, to quote her. Um, <laughs> I, too, identify as a bad bitch witch. Um, but, yeah, that can, can we ever have peace in mm. this country? Is that an option for us mm. with how much of our ancestors' blood is in this ground? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I know. I honestly do not know. But you know, LaVon, what I was thinking about was we talk a lot about here because this is where we're at. Mm -hmm. It started healing needs to happen there just as much. So, you know, yeah. 
just listening to some interviews and people that are still, you know, on the continent of Africa mm-hmm. and having um, mentored some women that are from Nigeria, mm-hmm. you know, and hearing them speak, I'm like, this, this healing, it doesn't end here. No. We have work to do there too. And there's such yep. a disconnect between their Africa and here and a misunderstanding of that history as well that needs to be told. Yeah, I think the chasm between Africans and Africans in America is completely due to colonialism and particularly the colonization of religion on the continent. So when I was in Uganda and Rwanda on a travel seminar, you know, most of my colleagues are white, but there were a few of us who were black. And because of my aesthetic, you know, I was afforded certain access and opportunities that other people wouldn't, right? They look at me and people would like, braho, which in Rwanda is hello. And then they start, I'm like, I'm American. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. But braho, my nigga. Like, okay, so. <laughs> um, but a lot of the Christians that we encountered would say things like, and this is a trigger warning for like atonement theology and blood and stuff like that. But they'd be like, you know, the blood of Jesus is covering us. And so when we were debriefing one evening, one of my white women colleagues who was seeking at the time, identified as agnostic, I I believe she's Catholic now, um, but she was like, you know, I just, this language is just so violent and they're just talking about blood. And I I was like, excuse me, ma'am, there are no third black liberation and womanist theologians. Like there's no third wave of them coming through the continent. So of course they're going to be espousing this toxic, um, violent ideology that guess what your ancestors taught them. So (laughs) what we're not going to do is pretend like this is what my ancestors were talking about. Like my ancestors knew God before the colonizers brought Jesus or their version of Jesus. Because if you walk with me long enough, you'll know that I believe that Jesus is African which means Christianity is African. It was whitewashed and co-opted by European colonizers. But when you, excuse me, but when you look at the scriptures, when you look at this African man who probably had locks or Afro, who was willing to die for his people, that's a brother, (laughs) right? He had African mama and African aunties. What European man you know gonna be talking about speak to this mountain and let it be moved? Anybody who's talking to Mama Earth is an African, okay? What we're not going to do is act like Jesus wasn't a poor North African revolutionary Jewish refugee. Mm. He was an African conjurman. Mm. Here he is. And, yeah. (laughs) Back to her comment, you know, the colonizers came with a mission. And I, I may be getting this wrong, but it was gold. God and glory, right? Mm. Gold, God, and glory. And, and they came well, to, you know, they they came with the Pope telling them, you know, for the non-believers, you have the uh, right to enslave them. Mm, yeah. So I, I felt every bit of your response to her. That's so wild to me that people would try to divorce religion from colonization. Mm-hmm. When our ancestors were brought over on slave ships named Jesus. <laughs> they don't tell right? you in elementary schools, though. We go back to the public schools. They're not going to tell you that. 
can we talk about how livid I was last month when I thought about all the teachers who had us celebrating? I mean, classroom full of Black kids, 36 of us, the average class size in New York City public schools. Mm-hmm. Had us talking about in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. What the fuck? I am, I'm like, did they say they were not going to pay you if you took this out of the curriculum? Like, what happened, Ms. Marks, <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Nadler, Ms. Hacker? Okay. Oh, I remember all my teachers. I was valedictorian in sixth grade, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But it's true. I mean, it, you should think, I mean, I remember... I mean, I'm over 40, so back in the, I guess it was the eight, late 80s. Girl, you better owe every day, okay? You look good, girl. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. We, are, we are in the 40s now, as Noah just turned. But mm-hmm. <laughs> so I remember even back then knowing this isn't right. And I, would, I went to Catholic school. Now, mind you, the little tiny little rinky-dink school, whatever. I would constantly mm-hmm. raise my hand asking questions. And they would say, does anyone else have a question? Because I would be like, well, they knew. how is it that they, they discovered it? But you just said that the Native people were here. How- what does discover <laughs> mean? Look, I am convinced this whole society is a lie. I don't even know what's real anymore. You know, that's why it's so important to be connected to spirit so you can get the mm. Like, go this way, go that way, do this, don't do that. But even fucking Santa Claus, <laughs> who thought that was a good idea? You're lying to children. Right. Most impressionable ages. But then you're telling them, don't lie or you'll get in trouble. Nick, you just lied to me for 10 the years. The whole thing is a lie. <laughs> a bit of it. I always use that reference when, after I had whatever, some people call an awakening. Mm. I said, I, I felt like, when they told me about Santa Claus. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it felt like to me when I opened my eyes and saw what was really going on. Yep. That's because what it the tooth fairy. All of it. You are really like, oh, snap. There's a dollar under my pillow and the tooth is gone. <laughs> <laughs> I, buy it though. I don't know about you. I'm like, she was in here? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. You had boundaries at a very young age, girl. I know. I was like, well, money? You said we getting dollars? Not quarters? I- I used to see things too. So, you know, I was like, here comes another one, but she brings cash. So that's hilarious. And I also wonder if maybe I saw things when I was younger, but didn't know. I feel like I would remember. I can't remember seeing things. I know that I have had the gift of channeling. I just didn't know that's what it was. Like there were times where there's this message coming through. It's not me, LaVon speaking. I don't know where it's coming from. Like that has been a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but since I've been more intentional with my spiritual practices around, you know, connecting to my ancestors, praying at my altar, you know, being open to spirit, um, I subscribe to the Yoruba tradition of Ifa. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not initiated or I haven't, you know, started that process. I'm actually discerning it right now. Mm-hmm. But I did have an Orisha head revealed this summer and I am a daughter of Oshu. Okay, Oshu. I know you're not supposed to guess, but I can see it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And actually, it's really funny because I swore up and down that I was a child of Yemoya, which as a daughter of Oshun, I kind of sort of am, but like Oshun has me. And other people were like, oh yeah, I could have told you that. And I'm like, really? They're like, yes. 
we be talking about sex. And that's like the beyonce you know what I'm saying? Everybody right. wants to be a child of Oshun. They're like, oh, Rihanna, oh, Glamour. And um, bringing up Juju Bay again, she shared this post that she had uh, posted to Facebook. And it was like the anniversary of its posting. So it came up in her memories and she shared it to Instagram. But it was basically saying people glorify being a child of Oshun, but Oshun's children go through it. You, I mean, any kind okay. of abuse, trauma, rejection, abandonment, uh, laceration, we get it. <laughs> so I, I get that it's sexy and flirty and the yellow and the sex and the, and the honey and the mirror and the sweetness. But a lot of this sweetness was transmuted from bitter shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so doing that deep shadow work and and healing deep wounds is mm. it's not cute. Right. To be snotting all over the place. Right. Yeah. Yeah, people look at you today, right? And they Hello. have no idea of how you got here. <laughs> Well, if you follow me long enough, you'll know because vulnerability is my superpower. <laughs> and there's no such thing as TMI as far as I'm concerned. And that's much to my mother's chagrin. You know, growing up, she used to tell me that I could express myself because when she was being raised in Barbados, it was very much children are to be seen and not heard. Right. And she swore that she was not going, well, she vowed, she vowed that she was not going to raise her children that way. So. Mm-hmm. Here I come. Yappa, 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 yappa. <laughs> right? And right. she's like, okay, and what else? And what else? She was always asking me what else. And now I run by mouth for a living. And she's like, oh my gosh, how can you talk about that? I'm like, ma'am, this is your fault. So right. You planted that seed. <laughs> basically. <laughs> that is amazing because, you know, you talk about trauma and, um, yeah, that's, that's an area of work for me. And one of the things that research says, which we know, but we can go into research, that yeah. trauma lives in the body, right? The, yep. the body keeps score, right? So yes. that release is so crucial mm-hmm. to, to let it out, right? to let it, it so much of uh, our people, they, some of them don't even know that they've experienced trauma sure. and that they're walking around with it. In their Very body, true. Right. So, I mean, what, what recommendations do you have? I mean, I know we, we speak it, right? We share it. What other recommendations do you have for that? The releasing. So the first thing is you got to deal with your own shit, right? So get your ass in therapy if you're not already. <laughs> and, and there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> look, as far as I'm concerned, Jesus had a therapist, <laughs> probably the, the spirit and so, I don't know, it was somebody, but he was talking to somebody be dealing with all them knuckleheads. So for me, I'm like, therapy, <clears throat> for me, therapy is a must. It is not a luxury. Mm-hmm. And I think that is another tool of oppression is for us to distance ourselves from the very services and resources that we need to thrive. Yeah. And so I wrote out what I would consider to be the perfect reparations package. And <laughs> it includes free psychotherapy for all black people. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. Because we need to sit down with someone who is formally trained to help us unpack our shit. Even if you had the quote unquote perfect childhood, there mm. are still some things, there are still some narratives, still some ideas that you have 
that are not healthy, that are not serving you, right? Mm -hmm. So it's so important to have someone to help us unpack that. And I know for me, you know, I started going to a priest when I was ready to talk to someone. I was like, this ain't it. You know, this old black man in Harlem, no. And then I started going to therapy when I was in college and I had a white woman and she was a student, you know, kind of getting her hours. So I didn't really feel like she was getting it. I'm sure she was practicing and the cultural incompetency piece was probably a part of it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when I was in, working on my second master's degree, the uh, Office of Student Affairs had funds earmarked for students to go to therapy. So I was like, bet, not only am I going to claim my funds, I'm going to, you know, complement some of it to extend the grant even further mm. so I a voicemail at the georgia care and counseling center in decatur georgia and was like here's what i want to talk about call me back <laughs> 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 and this white woman old white woman called me back and i was like what the hell is this white woman going to teach me and when i tell you she was the first therapist who breakthrough after breakthrough after mm. breakthrough because we had the same trauma in our childhood oh. so regardless of race regardless of age regardless of social location we were able to see eye to eye due to a very deep wound mm. and so this idea that therapy is just for white people or it's just for crazy people no therapy is for people that's right so that's you, right. I know I'm preaching to the choir, child. You are. You are. <laughs> and you know, the thing about that is you mentioned even those that have this quote unquote, perhaps perfect home, um, they're still epigenetics, right? Ooh, come on now. <laughs> you know, it is in your DNA. Come on, it's Dr. Past- Joy DeGroom. <laughs> generation after generation. Yep. You know, it's- and. We, we really need to share that message more so, you know, it, it, we look at our people and we're like, why do they act that way? Or why would they, you know, other people say that, but you know, it, and there's a reason for it. Right. There is a reason for it. Yeah. You're like, oh, you know, I learned how to swim. I was on a swim team in middle school. Why am I afraid of the ocean? Well, your ancestors did not have the best relationship with right. the Atlantic Ocean. So, <laughs> you know, things can be coming up. And it's not even your shit. And that is another gateway, if you will, in terms of when you were asking me, what are practical steps on how do we release? Yes. Right? When something comes up for you, you have got to feel that thing. Mm-hmm. It might be uncomfortable. It might be horrifying. But at the end of the day, there's something in your lineage. There's something in your makeup that is trying to get out and yes. suppressing it ignoring it, pretending it's not there, overworking yourself, numbing yourself. Like as soon as you come down from that high, as soon as that liquor wears off, as soon as that nigga leave, like your great, 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 great grandmother shit is still going to be sitting there like, right. still stinking here. So I'll <laughs> <laughs> be tapping you on your shoulder. Now what are we going to do about this? Cause so, I'm like I was saying, um, I need you to help me process through being chased by dogs late at night, running alongside <laughs> Harry's Tubman. Right. Right. So what what do we want to do about this? (laughs) That's what are we going to do about that? And that's the beautiful thing is that you don't have to do it alone. Right. right? Mm -hmm. When I am interested in dating a man, I pay attention to if he uses we language. 
because when I'm like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. I'll figure it out. If he says, you know, hold on, we'll figure it out. I'm like, okay, with the we. <laughs> insert your penis repeatedly into my vagina, please. <laughs> like that is such a turn on because we have been so conditioned in a Western society to think about the individual, me, mm-hmm. myself, and I, is all I got in the end. That's a lie, right? As much as right. I stand Beyonce, that those song lyrics are lies. Right. Because you are not created in a vacuum, right? Mm-hmm. You did not just pop up into earth with, because of some random uh, assemblance of codes in the sky. Like, no, you, you know, like talking about the Bible, such and such begat, such and such begat. Like, you are a begat, okay? <laughs> you got generations upon generations upon generations of healers and warriors and strategists and farmers and educators who are all just sitting at the ready like Mm. we waiting on you sis exactly to heal this to heal it Mm -hmm. yeah because when you heal yourself you heal seven generations before you and seven generations to come Mm. and like you were saying with african cosmology um that this Earth is not it. That's why I'm not tripping over what's here. I'm doing my work. I'm showing up in the world. I'm being my full self and, you know, co-creating a more just and equitable world with people who get it. Mm -hmm. But Earth is not our home. Earth is the marketplace. Heaven is our home. The ancestral realm is our home. So Mm -hmm. even when we look at transitioning, do we grieve the loss of the physical person? Absolutely. You want to be able to call your mom. You want to be able to go sit at your grandma's feet. You want to be in the kitchen again with your uncle, right? But it's not the end in the way that we've been taught. It is the beginning of eternity to mm-hmm. transition back to the ancestral realm. You know, when you, were to- when you were talking about when you were younger and you would see things, like children are the closest we got to God. Yeah. And there's this video, oh gosh, I got to send it to you. It's this little boy, he's maybe like, can't be more than two and his mom is recording him he takes a picture of her mom who transitioned some years ago and puts it onto his little play table and he's running back and forth from the couch to the play table and he's putting his toys in front of her picture he's she's like he tries to feed her Mm. he talks to her she's like this is comforting but it's also scary i'm like that baby has never met her but he sees her (laughs) <laughs> and he's crazy. like grandma come play with me oh, right beautiful. and so that's a cycle so yeah. in the beginning of your life and at the end of your life you were closest to the ancestral realm so you're you you didn't have an imaginary friend right that was a spirit that right. was an ancestor that's right that's right yeah. <laughs> imaginary friend okay exactly <laughs> and then something else that i like to say about that is that if you had those gifts and your family tried to shame you for it, you know, there's a part of you that could be trying to suppress those gifts even today because you were told you were evil or demonic or we don't do that. You know, I've heard stories of children saying, mom, I saw granddad and granddad passed three years ago. And you know, you dragging that child to the church so people could lay hands on the child. Like, no, first of all, your child probably reminded you of the gifts that you suppressed <laughs> or that you were shameful, exactly. actually. Because <laughs> it's genetic, right? The same way that trauma can be passed through genes, healing and gifts can be passed through genes, too. That's right. 
So we got to start affirming our babies, letting them know that they're not seeing things, that they're not, you know, it's not make-believe, it's not their imagination. No, they're just so pure and so in tune with spirit in a way that we are not because of our degrees and our jobs and our bills (laughs) and our lives, right? That they just get to play. And that's what we need to do. We need to play more. Ground yourself. Get on the floor and play. Play. (laughs) Get on the floor, you know, and, and thinking about that, my mom, we, we come from, I guess, both ends of that, of get the degrees in your education to make it in this world. Mm-hmm. But she used to say it's called the gift, right? And Ooh. I would be like, I don't want this gift. <laughs> what is this? You know, and no one else has what, what in the world is mm-hmm. this? Now I am so grateful for mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Every night I would be like, can I please sleep with you? Can I please sleep with you? Why do we have to have nighttime? And, you know, but now I'm like, I get it. But, you know, you brought up another point and it got me thinking how we have to validate our children. But even when you get into adulthood and you have these experiences and they pop up when you don't have control over it, Mm -hmm. it really impedes your life. Long story short, I had an interaction with a colleague and I was the head of the department. And she thought that I either was spying on her mm. or someone told, she kind of gave me that, what do you know? And why would you ask me that? I mm. literally went to visit her to see if she was okay. I was in mm-hmm. my office. I felt like something wasn't right. And I went to see, are you okay? How's it going? It was something mm. in her personal life. I didn't know that, but right. see, I had control over it back then. And I right. wasn't in alignment and I wasn't connected to my ancestors. Mm. I didn't understand how to use it, you know? And why would you, you know, if you grow up in a colonized church, which most black churches are, let's just be honest, (laughs) you know, you're not learning about your own ancestors. And this is something that I push black Christians on is that why is it okay for you to amplify the narratives of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Rebecca, Leah, Sarah, all of them, Hagar, Right, but not amplify the narratives of the ancestors whose blood is literally coursing through your veins. Woo. Like, let's just think about that. Mm, These that right there. ancestors <laughs> that gave me that chills. You, you know their whole life story according to this particular sacred text. But yeah. do you know the sacred text with your last name? Mm. Do you know the stories of those who walked biblical roads right before the Bible was even written? Right. Mm. So just think about that. Let it marinate. (laughs) Sit on that for a minute. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I often question people. What do you think your ancestors were doing before the colonizers came? What Mm -hmm. do you think they were doing? Everything that we do now, because African retention is the thing. We are African descended, which means we are African, which means twerking is not new. Like our foremothers were shaking their ass at the sun and burying their breasts at the sky in worship. Yes. As we live in such a hypersexualized culture, yes. and black girls and black women in particular are mm. demonically sexualized, mm. um, is that we see it as something that is for the male gaze or something that is supposed to be titillating and tempting. And it's like, no, I'm moving my body the way my body wants to move. Mm. I'm, my body the way a body my body shape is supposed to move Listen. ain't nothing sadder 
than a bootyless twerk. I'm, I apologize to all the small booty people who are listening to this. I want you to know that I see you in your small booty. But you got to be honest, the twerk don't pop the same with your cheeks. <laughs> Just don't. Oh, my God. You so, when I saw... <clears throat> let me back up. <clears throat> so, girl, listen. You're going to get all kinds of emails like, who that, is this person? That is hilarious. All booties matter. They do. All booties <laughs> do matter. <laughs> um, oh, but baby ones just pop well. So here's the thing. When I was growing up, I was toying with the idea of being a model. Uh, people have been telling me that I look like Iman since I was in like second grade. Yeah, I can it's see a compliment, that. Total compliment because she's stunning, right? Yes. But growing up in that industry or taking modeling classes, like it's always these skinny white women. And I remember at one point when I was a teenager, I, my thinnest, and this is a trigger warning for body talk, so if you need a break or to skip forward, do that, but I'm about to be talking about weight. Um, that my, my thinnest, I was 118. No, that's a lie. 124. Okay. Here's what happened. So at my thinnest, I was 124 pounds. And I'm 5'10", so that's okay. pretty thin. Yeah. And I remember my agent saying, we need you to get under 118. And I was like, how? Do you see this as I eat beef patties? Like this is not <laughs> with cocoa bread. Okay, so this is not. Oh going God, to, that's so delicious. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. And then you would see these skinny white women drinking champagne and smoking cigarettes and drinking water, and that's all they would eat. And I was like, mm, it's not going to work. That's not going to work for me. Mm. And sadly, tragically, you know, I did experience a bout of trigger warning eating disorder. <clears throat> I did experience a bout of bulimia because mm. at the end of the day, both sides of my family could cook. I was like, I'm going to eat. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'm going to regurgitate I was like, how do we eat a child? I, I got to taste it first. Hey, I mean, no. Okay, that's no. I shouldn't have said right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, if you want to do this off the record, that's fine. No, 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 you're right. That's like, a, nothing I, is off limits with me. And this, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, you know, as you were talking, it just took me, I'm gluten-free, but not by choice. So it took oh. me back to walking into the house and smelling the food and yeah, have it. What? <laughs> and that's how I know it's like, well, I don't know the mechanics of it, of anorexia, but I imagine body dysmorphia, like you just don't see your true self when you mm. look in the mirror. And I'm not sure if that's a chemical imbalance or a traumatic response, but it's gotta be something <laughs> that's out of your control, right? Yeah. And I think for so many of us, because we've been traumatized, even if it's our intergenerational trauma, we're always grasping for control. And so it's mm. important for us to heal so that we can relinquish just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Now that I am in this phase of my life, I don't have to be in control of every single thing. That is a far cry from LaVon in junior high school who had a whiteboard with every single minute of every single day mapped out. Wow. I mean, I went to boarding school and they were doing, the, the local fire department was doing these room checks to make sure that there weren't any fire hazards. And the fireman was like, whoa, looking at my calendar because it's literally like 6.46 a.m. wake up. 7 18 a.m. breakfast seven wow. like <laughs> wow as a child um but yeah so we can talk about how that is was probably a trauma response to something but <laughs> it's a good story so. that yes that, yeah, that 
Yeah. No, so the, the control piece of it is, mm-hmm. um, I was just talking to some family members about that, how the control you have, you know, when you're engaged with someone that has that trauma that they haven't dealt with, mm-hmm. that is when you see that control. It's like, why do they act like this? Why are they doing they have to heal that they have to work through it. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you have to be with them during that time right, frame. Per right. Se. Right. If you choose, but understand the source of that. And it's deep. It's so deep. And I'm glad that you said that because I know so many of us feel a responsibility to save people. Yeah. Like I see you drowning. So I am going to lean over the side of my lifeboat to pull you up. Like, no, sweetheart. Even if you were raised in a household where you as a child were responsible for grown ass people, you are not responsible for anyone else's healing, but your own, any grown person, like, you know, children, that's another story. Right. But in terms of your family, you can't do it for them. No. All you can do. My therapist gave me this language. Shout out to Dr. Boyd. (laughs) She said, all you can do is say, I'm walking towards the light and all are welcome to join me. Mm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. That is beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that because that, that goes along with the philosophy of, you know, we can't control how other people engage with us. The only thing we mm. can do is control our reactions. Correct. And, right. And yep, that, that's it. And the sooner you realize you can't control other people, you can't force people to respond the way that you would respond, it actually makes life a little easier. Because if you're not getting the treatment that you desire slash deserve, then you know, you know what? Either you don't have the capacity to treat me the way that I want to be treated, mm-hmm. or you do have the capacity and you refuse to do it, which is mm. probably worse. I was going to say, which one is worse? <laughs> I, think, I think for someone to know how you want to be loved, and to be able to do it and they refuse to do it, like that's some masochistic kind of shit. That's some hurtful shit. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh, absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, we don't have to be Captain Saber, you know what? We won't say the word, but you know. We don't have- I'll be cussing all up and through the podcast. Do you not cuss on the podcast? I probably should have asked. Oh, no, we can. Oh, okay. I, I got children in the room though, but oh, okay. But you're Sorry, fine. babies. You no, you're fine. They've been worse. If you knew my family, if you knew my, I, I, listen, my kids. I'm like, it's whatever. We we're not even going okay. to kill it. I just, you know, a few different things. First of all, people who are like, well, you're just, you know, you're educated enough to think of the word that you want to say. I am, and sometimes only a fuck will do. Okay, it's just. The hard F, you know, one syllable, it just hangs in the air. It's weighty, it's meaty. Yes. So yes. Sometimes, you know, you just gotta let it rip. You know, you know, I'm a Scorpio. So when it does come out, and if I have to use that language, I think everyone should pretty much hide under a Uh oh. <laughs> That's so funny because even like when it comes to cussing, I am for the most part okay with people cussing. But there is one non-cuss word that I just can't do. So friggin', like the way my mom would say friggin' when she was angry growing up, it was like worse than any curse word <laughs> I've ever like heard. A trauma word, like a <laughs> that's a trauma. Friggin' is a trauma word for me. Thank you for giving me language for that. <laughs> oh my gosh, 
We're st- I'm still here. Are you? I'm here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. My camera went off for a second. Somebody is also triggered. Probably because my mom heard it from you, Nana Norma. Right. You know the whole truth. Right. <laughs> she has been. I'm all- so glad you are witnessing this because this is the shit I be talking about. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> from the time we started. So when you said, you know, we were prepping and coming back, I'm like, I need to go get, I don't know, some libations. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> And that's how you know the ancestors are with you because we're doing everything that we normally do. This is how I set up for podcasts. I got my headphones in. I got my podcasting mic in. Yes. Zoom this is, is every, in I mean, out. Yeah, every day, every day. Yeah. Frequencies. Yeah. <laughs> so wild. <laughs> well, I, I definitely don't want to continue to hold you too long, but All I good. guess- what would you say in terms of people getting in contact with you? Yeah. What do you offer? And I know you, you're active on IG, but go ahead. Oh, I am. Share. So you can start by following me at LaVon P L Y V as in Victor O N as in Nancy N E P as in Peter. I'm sure this will be in the show notes. Let me say P as in Punani, not <laughs> Peter. Uh, <laughs> let's make it more divine feminine shall we um yeah I, my website is a great place to get updates levonp.com um i am the curator founder and visionary for the proverbial experience which is an instagram live series of spiritual gatherings to nourish your soul so folks can join us on sunday mornings and wednesday nights um, we pull tarot cards, we pour libation, there's a preached word from yours truly, we pray. It's just a really beautiful way for us to be connected as community, um, particularly in the age of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, if you'd like to learn in community with me, my Patreon is a great way to do that. Patreon.com slash We're studying spirituality, sensuality, and sexuality, decolonizing our religion and our faith and embracing all of who we are as the divine's beloved creation. Um, if you like to work one-on-one with me, <laughs> I'm a spiritual <laughs> life coach. And so you can book an intro coaching call and I work with clients who are ready to shift their energy and evolve their lives. And the last thing that I'm really excited about, um, I am doing a workshop series in December. Okay. It's called A December to Remember. And remember is spelled R-E hyphen member. So it's not to recollect or to recall, but to actually put back together. And Mm -hmm. so every Tuesday in December, there is a special lecture topic and um, there's going to be a seminar part where we're doing journaling and deep diving and group work. So you can mm-hmm. buy individual tickets or a monthly pass, like your season pass. Um, and that's <laughs> at curatealavishlife.eventbrite.com. Again, I'll send all these links to you so that you can put them in the show notes. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Thank and you. I, listen, I just love Black-owned businesses. And then when yes. it feed into you at the same time. So Aww. Oh, I forgot a, a huge thing. I just finished my first book manuscript. I'm yes. going through. Thank you. I'm going through. I'm making edits now to submit to my agent who's then going to pitch me to publishers. So definitely get on board. Okay. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk off offline, but okay. you have an agent, so I know they know what they're doing. I okay. Do, I do have a publisher that I, you know, I have a few books, Ooh, but we, we should talk. 
<laughs> but that is wonderful. Things Thank are moving you. for you. Yeah. Your, your grandmother's working, working it out, honey. <laughs> I'm going to call her Auntie Osborne. Yes, please. She would love that. She's <laughs> laughing. Yes. And I'm going to yes. ask this. I need to go light a candle for Auntie Osborne. Because please do. She's like my Scorpio present. daughter. <laughs> My yeah. fellow Scorpio. Y'all Scorpio, simmer down. Ain't nobody asked y'all nothing. <laughs> Team Leo, shout out to all the Leos. Oh, the- I should have <laughs> known. known. Bright sun, Sean. I can see it all. Thank you. Yeah, in tropical, I'm a Leo sun, Pisces moon, Leo rising. But I'm also a Leo in sidereal astrology Ooh, as well. Look at that. I came to be a very specific person this lifetime. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, thank you, Levon. You are so worthy. Thank you for having me. And thank you for your patience and just your beauty that you just given to all of our listeners. Aww, thank you're you. You're worthy. <laughs> Peace, y'all. Peace.